All right, well, good morning. We have a small group, but it's a mighty group. Uh, my name's, if I haven't met you yet, Ben Hamilton, one of the elders here. Um, yeah, glad, glad you're here. I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we'll go ahead and, and jump in. And gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this new day that you have given to us. Father, we thank you for uh, these, these folks that are here. Um, and we yeah, pray that as we uh, look at this topic of giving, that, um, yeah, that our yeah, hearts would be um, drawn to holding on to the truths of, of, of how, we, how we should be giving, um, of everything that we have, uh, not just money. Lord, we do pray that uh, yeah, whatever I say would be uh, true and accurate, and Lord, if, any, if, any, if I say anything that is not, we pray that that would be, quickly be forgotten. And pray in your son's name. Amen. Well, like I said, this, this morning we come to a topic that, that really is, is unfortunately not really, um, yeah, is rarely talked about in churches and rarely talked about in discipling relationships, and that's the topic of, of money. Why do, you, why do you think, I mean, we have a small group here, and so I'm not going to really call on people necessarily to, to read Bible passages or answer questions, but just, yeah, interested in hearing from, from you all, just, yeah, and anytime you can speak up and, and, you know, read Bible passages and things like that, that'd be great. Um, but as we, yeah, as we begin, what, why, what, are, what are some of the reasons you think that, that people don't talk, yeah, that, that, that we don't talk about money in the church that often? Yeah, because we think of it as private, wanting to keep it to ourselves. I think, yeah, yeah any, any others you guys can think of? Yeah, there's a lot of prosperity gospel out there where, yeah, we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to roll, roll in those crowds for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you look, yeah, you just look at the world. Um, yeah, if you were to go up and talk with your neighbor or your coworker or your friend or something like that and just start asking them how, how much money they make, where are they, you know, spending their money, how are they giving, um, you're going to get a lot of resistance. Um, and so even in the world, it's just, it's not, it's not well, yeah, it's not well taught, it's not well talked about. You can grab one of here. Um, and, and people don't go around, other than the rare, you know, Floyd Mayweather and kind of things like that, people don't go around boasting about the money that they really have or even how they're spending it. Um, but as Christians, we should be different um, because we're made new in Christ. And so really no, off, no topic is, is off limits and no topic really doesn't have spiritual implications for us. And so Christians, we, we need to be uniquely aware that all that we have is is it really belongs to God, that we are just stewards of the money that he's entrusted to us. Um, and, and we're just trying to manage it use, and, and manage it as wisely as, as possible. So in today's class, we're going to talk through that practical application of this theology of how we steward our money and our giving. In 2008, there was a book called Passing the Plate, Why American Christians Don't Give Away More Money. And in it, the authors gave some pretty sobering statistics. And I'm, going to give, I'm going to give a few of them. They said the average regular attending churchgoer gives 6% of after-tax income, which doesn't sound too bad, but that's, actually, but that's a mean that's actually skewed by a handful of very generous givers because more than one out of every four American Protestants give away no money at all, not even a token $5 per year. The middle or median annual giving for an American Christian is actually $200 which is just over, this is in 2008, just over half a percent of after-tax income. 
And then lastly, in addition, America's biggest givers as a percentage of their income are actually the lowest income earners. So why does it, why does it matter how much we give? Does Jesus even care really how much we give? I think the you know, resounding answer to that is, is yes. And so we're going to start by um, looking at a, a handful of questions you'll see in your outline there. Um, so the first one is, why should Christians give? You know, let's see, letter A, Christians should give because of the gospel. So first and foremost, because of the message of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, um, Christians should yeah, recognize that, that we have been forgiven much. And so how, you know, that, that truth of, of Christ dying on the cross for our sins really governs all aspects of our life, including how we uh, manage our money. If somebody wants to go ahead and, and read um, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, uh, and then 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. So if you have your Bibles, just go ahead and, again, just read them. I know different people are, have different comfort levels with reading here, but, uh, yeah, just encourage you to go ahead and just shout it out as, as you got it. So 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, um, and then I'll have somebody read 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. A little later, so... Yeah. So just, just a side note is, is, yeah, we can look at all the, yeah, when you look at the gospel, there are so many rich analogies to, 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 to money that's in there. You know, just right there, he, you know, he, he was rich, he became, he became poor so that, um, yeah, in our poverty we might become rich. You know, but there's other, um, yeah, the gospel is often described in monetary terms. We see that he was, um, that Christ ransomed us, he purchased us, he bought us. Um, yeah, so, so just as we've been given um, yeah, new life through, through grace in Christ, uh, now we give out of hearts of gratitude, um, not ones out of obligation. And just as Christ overflowed in love for us, now we should overflow in our giving. Um, and that's the basis for 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 7. So if somebody has that, go ahead and read that. So we should be giving, we should not be giving reluctantly or under compulsion because, you know, just because we see others doing it or um, we just know that's the right, right thing to do. But God just loves a cheerful giver because of the wonderful news of the gospel. It's just a reminder that God doesn't need our money. I mean, he created this world, including all the, you know, the resources that we, ha- that, that we have here on this earth. So God doesn't need our money. He wants our hearts, um, as we're going to see a little bit later on. So letter B, why should Christians give? Well, Christians should give because, to, to glorify God. So our giving is as much an act of worship as singing songs or, or praying. So if you look back at the Israelites, Israelites worshiped God through, through sacrificing animals. And so we similarly worship God through giving of our resources. Our giving really magnifies how great God is. It, it points to how much we, we value him. And that's certainly what Moses thought in Hebrews Hebrews eleven twenty six. it says that Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to his reward. So what Moses was saying when he kind of gave up those, the treasures in, 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 in Egypt, the, all the treasures that the world had to offer, what he was saying is that he was proclaiming that Christ was better, that he was, he was worth much more. And there's other t- passages that you can look at. I've kind of um, highlighted a couple in, in the outline there. Matthew 13 44 through 46, there's two parables where the kingdom of heaven is compared to um, a hidden treasure in a field and then a pearl of great value uh, where the man gladly sells everything that he has to obtain 
obtain the, uh, the treasure. And it's, it's really simple logic. It's, it's to give something that's, that, that's valuable here to gain what's more valuable. And I just want to note, because we've been talking about the prosperity gospel, this is not the prosperity gospel. This is not saying that I'm going to give up something valuable here so that I can get something even more valuable here on this earth later on. You know, I'm not going to give, you know, a token, a little bit, a little bit of money so that I can get something, something better uh, to come. Rather, this is saying that we are, we are putting the treasures of this world in its right perspective. Um, we're prone to hold on to the treasures of this world, but we are saying that we are gladly giving up these treasures because there's, there's, there's treasures in heaven that, are, that will pale in comparison to anything that we could gain here on this earth. So letter C, why should Christians give? It's, well, to fight sin, to fight the idolatry of, of money and self. So giving helps fight sin in our hearts. So our, our, our sinful hearts are really oriented towards serving our own uh, perceived needs, our own desires. And nowhere is this really more accurate than in the realm of personal finances. And one of the key points that I want you to take away is that how we spend our money is one of the clearest signs of the orientation of our hearts. How we spend our money is, is, is a clear sign of the direction, the orientation of, of our hearts. And Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. At Delray, we've talked about often, you know, I think Garrett's mentioned, if, hey, what, what would happen if you showed, you know, Sunday morning you came in and your bank statement was up in front on, on, the, on the big screen there? What, what would that do? What, you know, what, what would it say about what your desires are, what, what your loves are, what your, what your affections are? Um, yeah, for many of us, it's like, well, we, yeah, we, we don't want that, you know, because there's, there's yeah, certainly areas of our lives where we, where we can be more faithful in, in how we're stewarding the resources that God has given us. There's a couple of ways that, that this sin, that, that, that the idolatry of money can, uh, can manifest in our hearts. For one, for some, it's going to be manifest through self-indulgence. Uh, self-indulgence, a desire to, to fill lives with possessions, with luxuries, with, with things of this world. And I just want to note that, that self-indulgence can come with whether you have a lot of money or whether you can have a little bit of money. So even, even just a little bit of money, you can have that heart that is oriented to getting more stuff, more, more luxuries, more, more things, more possessions here. The other way that it can manifest, it, it can manifest in hoarding. So that, that idea of, of having swollen bank accounts that can ease the anxiety and the pressures of, of this world. And again, same thing with self-indulgence. You can, you can be prone to hoarding whether you have a little bit of money or a lot of money. You know, it's that idea of holding what you have with, with white-knuckled grip. In that same Matthew 6 passage, Jesus said that no one can serve two masters. That he, you know, that, you know that we're going to either love the one and hate the other, or we're going to be devoted to, to the one and despise the other. We cannot serve both God and, and money. So we can serve God well by actively fighting sin, and actively fighting sin by, by giving away the money uh, that, that we have. And there's really no greater antidote than to, 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 to fight the, the, the love of sin to, than, uh, or the, the light, love of money than by surrendering some of the money that we do have. Um, letter D, um, why should Christians give? Well, we, we, we give to trust God and hold loosely to this world. Uh, my dad once gave, uh, told me a story. He's like, he was talking about some possessions. I don't remember what it was, but he's like, he's like Ben, if, if you hold a firecracker in your hand and you hold it like this, away from, your, away from your body, you know, hold it with an open hand like that, and it goes off, I mean, the firecracker, it's going to probably burn you. It's going to hurt. But if you hold that same firecracker, you hold it close to your chest, 
and that thing goes off, you're going you're gonna to lose fingers, your, your face is going to get scarred and things like that. It's, it's going to be much, much more dramatic. And in the same way, when we hold tightly to the things of this world, um, yeah, well, it, it, it's, it, it, it builds in us this, this desire that the things in this world are really what we're, what we're, what we're after. And so holding, holding our money loosely, it really does two things. So first of all, it helps us trust God. Um, if somebody could read Matthew 6, 25 through 34, and then we're going to stay in that same Matthew 6 passage a little bit later to read the second thing. So Matthew 6, it's a longer passage, but Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Yeah, it's a wonderful passage about just, yeah, yeah, the anxieties of this world and, yeah, and just re- realizing that when we hold on to our money with open hands, that we are actively building our trust in the Lord to provide for all of our needs. Like, he knows what we need. He does. Um, I mean, if, if we can trust him with our salvation, then we can certainly trust him to provide for our physical needs. So, number one, helping, helping us trust God. And number two, it helps cultivate our hearts to see that our hope and our treasure is in heaven rather than here on earth. And so we must continually be cultivating um, yeah, hearts that, that, that are mindful that we're pilgrims on this earth, that this is not our ultimate home. We are only here temporarily. So go ahead and read that uh, same math in Matthew 6, 19 verses, uh, verses 19 through 21. Again, it's that idea of, of laying up the treasures there on earth, or, or, or and it, forsaking the treasures on earth and laying them up in, in heaven. Um, many of you might have heard of, of, the, the, of Jim Elliott, who was a missionary. He was martyred um, trying to reach the people group in, in, in Ecuador. And one of his most famous quotes, I have this written on a, a, a block of wormwood, actually, in my office, which has generated a lot of good conversations. But one of his most famous quotes uh, was that is he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So the things of this world are, are passing away. And so we would be foolish to store up treasures here. 
And then lastly, uh, why should Christians give? Well, Christians should give to share in gospel work. Uh, John 4, 36 through 38, I'll read this. Uh, it says, already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the, the saying holds true, one sows and another, re uh, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. So there are a couple of ways that, um, that our giving provides um, yeah, the opportunity to spread the gospel far, far beyond what we would be able to do just as individuals. So number one, our giving helps support, support local churches. Um, yeah, it allows the, the faithful preaching and teaching of God's word to be done. Um, Delray is, is a testament of that, uh, where I think we've, we just celebrated, I think it was 123 years. Um, yeah, and so there have been saints for over 100 years that have been giving faithfully to the work that we could even be sitting in this building that we are right now. Um, yeah, and yeah, and, and, and they've been giving, you know, just, yeah, for certainly for, for themselves to hear the word preached, but then also for those that would come, that, that would come later. So our giving supports local churches. Secondly, um, giving actually supports and enables the spread of the gospel to other, other places as well. Um, so right now, um, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be doing the, the prayer prayer for Turkey. Um, yeah, Turkey is one of our partners at um, yeah, a, a mission uh, that, that, that we that we work with. We're also partnering with um, yeah work in East Asia, Scotland, Africa, a uh, number of church plants here uh, in the U.S. Another other another a number of other um, supported workers here in the local area, and so really for for a number of us that are never going to really. Yeah, that may actually never go to the missions field um, or step foot in another country. Our gospel witness in, in giving, yeah, giving to, to the local church, um, yeah, and partnering with others that, um, that are doing that work enables us to, to yeah, to, to have that gospel witness far beyond, you know, just sharing the gospel with our friends and family and neighbors here on, um, yeah, in the U.S. And so it, it does help reach the farthest ends of the earth. Um, I'll pause. Are there any comments or questions you guys have before we look at the next question of what should Christians give? All right, let's, let's look at number three, then what should Christians give? So we looked at why, um, so now we're going to look at, at what. Uh, and notice that this is a fundamentally different question than, than just jumping right into how, how much should Christians give. So I want, I want us to build kind of a framework before we kind of look at this idea of, of specific numbers or percentages. So letter A, you'll see that Christians should give everything. As we looked at, you know, God owns all that we have and it's not just our money. He owns all that we have. And so our giving actually encompasses much more than just money. So Paul writes in Romans 12, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In Colossians 4, 5, he says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, outsiders making the best use of the time. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, he says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So you have a, you have a little um, blur, a sentence written down there um, on your outline. It says, money is just, one piece, is, is just one piece of a large puzzle for how we can use every gift, every opportunity, every relationship, every dollar to proclaim the glory of God with every minute he gives us on this earth. 
Yeah, so just when we think of giving, hey, it's just, it's just more money. It's, it's too narrow of a, of a focus. Sometimes, you know, we think that, that God's goal for our money is just to live on as little bit as, as possible so that, we can, so that we can give as much to the local church. And for some, I think that, that might be how the Lord is leading them to give yeah, a significant portion of their money toward, toward the local church. But, um, but that could be too narrow of a view as well. Um, yeah, because we're going to, there might actually be ways that we can better use some of the money to enable us to honor God with, with, you know, with other areas of our lives. Remember, we're going to be giving account to, to God for how we use our entire lives, not just for how we, we spend our money. So in Mark 7, Jesus is, actually, he, he does not commend the Pharisees for, for giving a gift devoted to God at the neglect of caring for, for, uh, for, their, for their parents. Um, an example of, of, of um, yeah, how you can use your money for, yeah, for, for other things. Um, yeah, Jill and I just recently had a date night um, where we went out. We had, um, yeah, we didn't have to cook. We didn't have to, you know, nobody, somebody, somebody brought, somebody prepared the food. Somebody brought it to us. Somebody refilled our drinks and everything like that. And uh, we used, we were able to use the time to ask each other really good spiritual questions about all aspects of, of how, how our marriage is going. And, yeah, so if, if, yeah, if, what do you think the reaction would have been if I had said, you know what, we could, we could actually save, you know, half of this if we would just eat in, you know, I know the kids, you know, four kids are going to be running around and we're going to still have to do the preparation, but, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's eat in and then we're going to give the extra $30 or whatever to, you know, to the church. Well, again, there, you know, there was so much spiritual good that, you know, that was able to come out of Jill and I just getting away. Um, and so it would have been, I think it would have been, that uh, yeah, would have been wrong. Uh, it, it was more faithful for, me, for, for us to use that money for, an, for a date night out than to, than to you know, just say, okay, we're just going to give everything that we have to, to the local church. Um, so our money can do a lot of good things. It can certainly fund the ministry of the church, and we pray. You know, we'll look at that, at how that's one, one area of responsibility that we do have. But there's a lot of other ways that our money can actually be used to enable us to use our time, resources, and other things um, for, for God-honoring work. So what, are, what are some other ways that you guys, you guys might be able to think of? What are other ways that we can use the, the money that we have to actually further the gospel rather than just, you know, um, just giving it all to the church. Go ahead. Yeah, so buying a bunch of groceries, having people over, inviting, you know, I mean, I know COVID, it's, yeah, it's weird, um, but outside, outside yeah, outside. Um, yeah, buying groceries, having people over, um, using that, having, yeah, having a mix of, of, of members from the church and some na- non-Christian neighbors over, yeah, that would be a wonderful way to, to use the money that God has given you um, in a way that is giving of, of yeah, that, that in, it facilitates giving in other areas of your life as well. Any others? Giving gifts to people, like celebrating people's birthdays. Or yeah. Yeah, giving gifts. Yep. G- yep. Giving gifts to people, um, celebrating them, celebrating their life. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's ways that we can e- even use yeah, gifts to help, help uh, other brothers and sisters who, are strugg- who might be struggling in debt. Um, yeah, there's, there's ways that you can, you can take a trip. Um, and glorify God on, you know, through, through his creation and seeing his creation, seeing his beauty, seeing his handiwork. Um, there was, you know, there were, this was several years ago, I had, I had two back-to-back trips, or um, I had two trips. One was in one month, one was in another, um, where I was going to the UK and then I was going to Germany. 
And so my travel was paid for, hotel, I had some meals and things like that. So my, my work, I decided to take Jill along. Um, yeah, we, again, we could have spent you know, the airfare and we could have you know, given it to the church, but there were so many good things that came from that trip where Jill and I often look back at that trip and yeah, just with many fond memories of just the different things that we saw. We saw mountains that, you know, that, that dwarf whatever we see here um, you know, in, in, in Virginia and um, just we're able to, to see a lot of things that, that yeah, we, we often look back at that, that trip with fond, fond memories. So, yeah. I have a question. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and so the question is, yeah, there's, how do, you, how do you figure out really what those obligations are? And we're going to talk a little bit more about obligations and things like that in a little bit, but how do you, yeah, how do you think through um, the different good areas that, that, you know, the gray areas, as you will, that, that say, um, yeah, so there's, there are, you know, one thing you'll see as we go along is that there's, there's not, I'm not going to zero in on a, hey, give this much money to the church. It's going to look different for different people. Um, and and how how different people, yeah, come to conclusions of how how they can spend their money is going to look differently, but that will that should be that should be done in in talking with other brothers and sisters um, who you can be transparent on. So so there there can be two different people that take the same trip and one could be in sin and one could do it do it rightly um, because somebody's like yeah so I could somebody else could go on that trip and say yeah I just want to I want to see all these things and I just want to do it for my, you know, so I can, you know, brag to people how, you know, I've, I've been, I've been, you know, living the high life and seeing all these things. Um, and other people can go and say, no, this is, I want to see God's creation. So there's, there's, there's different reasons. And then, yeah, and how you balance that with, yeah, with, with tuition, debt and, and things like that are, are, yeah, are things you just, you have to talk through with, with other brothers and sisters because there's, yeah, there's not going to be any, um, yeah. One one solution that's going to be the right for for some people. Yeah. Yeah, saving money to go visit your adult kids and encourage them um, in the gospel work is yeah are things yeah you shouldn't yeah so again yeah God God isn't going to say um, yeah you need to yeah you need to just live on as little food as possible ramen you need eat need to eat ramen noodles and then give everything else to to, to the local church. Um, yeah, again, that's, that's, that's too narrow of a view of, of how we are going to give an account for all aspects of our lives. So, yeah, if we're doing that, and I think yeah, we're, we're going to see a little bit later on how God calls out some, uh, some of the Pharisees and, um, you know, for just even tithing mint and dill and stuff like that, but neglecting the weightier uh, matters of, of justice and righteousness. Um, um, yeah, so... So our jo- again, our job there is, is, as Christians is to, to assess really every opportunity that we have in life, and, and many of these can be benefited from our money, and, and, and assess how we can spend every bit of, of, it, of our resources for, for God's glory. Let's look at, at, at uh, letter B, tithes and offerings. So we're going to look at a little bit about how much should we be given to the church. And so we're going to lo- walk through a couple of, of, of passages in the Bible. 
So a good place to start is in the Old Testament, Old Testament giving, um, this concept of tithe, uh, which I heard was mentioned yesterday, uh, supposedly, um, uh, really served as an income tax um, on, on Israel's economic law. A tithe just means, it means a tenth part, it was um, set apart to be holy um, to the Lord. And there were actually a, a number of different tithes that were collected in Israel. So, so first in Leviticus 27, there was a tithe of all the produce in flocks that was to be set aside for the Lord. And that tithe was to be, to be given to the Levites to enable to them to um, serve in the tabernacle. Um, and they in turn were the t- to uh, tithe to the priests. There was a second one, a tithe in Deuteronomy, where we see a tenth of a uh, tenth part of, of one's produce and flocks was to be eaten in the central sanctuary. Um, so even here, you see that the Lord was, that God was commanding um, his people to save up for one big party um, in, yeah, one big feast in honor of him each year. Uh, again, remember, yeah, part of bringing God glory is enjoying the gifts that, that we have in ways that, that, that honor him. So God is not a Scrooge. He loves to bless his people with uh, he loves to bless his people with, um, by, by enjoying him. And then there was a, uh, a third tithe, it looks like, that um, every third year there was a tithe that was to go into the local storehouse to feed the Levites, the poor, the orphans, the foreigners, the widows. And there was some debate whether or not this, that third tithe was part of the second one or whatnot. But, but even in addition to those, um, yeah, Israel also had temple tax, they had voluntary offerings, gleanings of the fields that were to be left for the poor, additional taxes that were levied during the monarchy. So, so really, th- this idea of an Old Testament um, yeah, giving, it was more complex, um, and it was hardly representative of just this simple idea of just give 10% and, 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 then, and then you're good. Um, you know, again, but if you're looking for a starting point, I mean, 10% uh, may be good for, for some people. Um, you know, Abraham gave 10% to Melchizedek. Um, Jacob gave, he promised 10% to God, which was 100 years of, before the law, before the law was given. But, but again, just as we, as hopefully you're getting is just because somebody gives 10% and then just goes and, and uses the rest of the money however they want, um, I think you, you're, you're missing the point if it's, a, if it's that idea of, of just, I just want to know how much I give, uh, I can give to the Lord so that I can use the rest on my own, um, my own. Again, that, that idea going back to point A is to use everything that we have, even the money that we keep back um, is, is to be enabling um, yeah, us to, to, to honor the Lord in, in, in some ways. In the New Testament, then we see, yeah, we don't see anywhere that 10% is, is really commanded. Jesus comes along and, and you know, then one greater than the temple is here. So, so Jesus uh, proclaims a temple tax inapplicable to his followers. In Matthew 17, he says, what do you think, Simon? Uh, Jesus asked, He's, from whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he, meaning Peter, said, from others, Jesus said, then the sons are free. So we are God's adopted sons and daughters. Therefore, we're no longer under um, Israel's Old Testament legal, economic, social laws, but we're subject to the kingdom of heaven and under the law of Christ. And so are, are we in sin if we don't give 10%? Well, not, not necessarily. I mean, for some, um, the way that God has constructed our lives, we might be sinning, we might be hoarding if, we, if we're giving 50% away. And then there's others that, that, that God is happy with the 5% that, that we might give. Um, so let's, let, to, to kind of think about that more, let's look at a couple of themes that we see in Scripture and how it should characterize our giving. If you look at number three, the first theme is, is sacrifice, sacrificial giving. So all throughout the New Testament, we're taught that Jesus, following Jesus involves self-denial. 
And Jesus actually makes it a non-negotiable for, for Christians. He says that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me, Matthew 16, 24. And on, on at least two occasions, we see this sacrifice applied um, specifically to giving of financial resources. We see that the, the poor widow gave all that she had in Mark 12, and then the poor Macedonians were giving beyond their ability in 2 Corinthians 8. And what we can take away from these passages is that uh, we should be serving Jesus to the point where we're making sacrifice. And one way um, that, that some people are going to be called to sacrifice is giving in their money to the point that it, that it hurts. But in, in doing this, we need to be careful of two errors as well. The first error is, error is that this mindset that if our budget isn't painfully tight, that, that, we, aren't, um, yeah, that we aren't giving away enough money. Um, again, that's not true. It's, it's not necessarily wrong to accumulate wealth and enjoy it for, for God's honor. I mean, Abraham had a, had a lot of money. Job had a lot of money. And then he actually didn't have a lot of money. And then he had a lot more. So, um, yeah, we, we should be living lives that are painfully tight and giving away, again, all of ourselves, offering our bodies as living sacrifices. So each one of us, that's, again, that's going to be manifest in, in, in different ways for, for each one of us. Um, it's going to vary from person to person, but as we sacrifice, uh, along with that, there's, there's a joy in, in serving, uh, willingly sacrifice for, for our Savior and King. And the second area, error that we need to be careful of is that comfort in Christianity can, can coexist. Um, this idea that, um, yeah, that we can live comfortably and, and, yeah, and, and, you know, because really we're in a battle that, that, that Paul um, writes to Timothy and he says, a share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So again, we're called to sacrifice and that means, and, and that means that we're following a crucified Lord and our comfort should be in, in the Lord and what he's given us. And this second idea, so along with sacrifice, sacrificial giving, this other theme is generosity, generous giving. So Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, he says, This is the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So this, I worked on a farm a little bit. This is a farm truism, farming truism. I don't know if, if any of you have done so. I mean, obviously, if you have a little garden, if you plant a little bit of seed, you're going to get a small crop. If you plant a lot, well, Lord willing, with water and rain and sun and everything like that, you'll get a more bountiful crop. Um, yeah, so our generosity really showcases how much we've received from above. And so generosity should be something that marks every Christian. So we should generously be supporting, yeah, local churches, our local church, support missionaries, support neighbors that are, that are in need um, with groceries or gifts or any other way. Um, yeah, supporting family, um, encouraging brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, so really, again, this, this idea that I want us to take away here is that how much, you know, when we think of how much we should give, we should really be giving everything. Both what we have and what we keep back are ultimately still and finally the Lord's. And how much should we be giving to the church? Well, quite, quite possibly more than we are giving today. Um, you'll see it written on your handout there. It says, give so that the money you're spending on your own needs brings God equal or greater glory than it would if you were to give it away. So that's kind of, you know, as you think about how you're spending money, would this be bringing God um, equal or greater glory than if I were to give it to the local church or give it away um, some, somehow? Else? So for many of us, that's going to be, yeah, it might be considerably more than 10%. For others that are in different stages of life or for different reasons, that might be less. Um, I want us to look at where should Christians give. Um, you'll see this on the second page of your, your handout. 
Um, and this gets into some of those obligations and opportunities. Uh, so first of all, letter A, obligations. So the first thing that we need to think about is when we're, when we're deciding where to give our money is where does Scripture obligate us to give? Up, to, to give? And let's start with um, two of the most basic responsibilities that we see. One, one is in 1 Timothy 5, 8. Paul says that if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his, of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So providing for family seems to be one of our most basic responsibilities. What this providing looks like um, is going to likely be different, again, for, for different people. Um, I had a conversation recently with somebody um, who hadn't been given to the church, but he, um, yeah, he, he, it's because they had been caring for, um, for one of their, their parents um, who was in a, yeah, yeah, who, had, who needed a lot of um, extended, um, extended care. Um, yeah, and so I think that was, yeah, once, once I learned that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's, that's the right thing to do. That's certainly where the Lord seems to be um, yeah, commanding us to, 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 to give. Um, does this mean we need to provide, you know, new cars for our kids and, you know, the best education? And, you know, I mean, again, there's, yeah, the, I would encourage you to talk through that with, with, other, with other brothers and sisters that know you well. But providing seems to me, seems to be those basic necessities um, that, 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 that um, yeah, Paul is talking about here. And the second obligation that we see uh, is, that, is, is this idea of giving to the local church. Paul writes in Galatians 6, 6, he says that one who, is, one who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. And so this seems to um, yeah, at least follow some of the Old Testament practice of tithing to support the Levites who, who taught God's people. Again, how much we give to the church, um, it's not something that I'm going to be able to, to tell you. I'm not going to zero you in on a specific number. Uh, but that's going to be good hard work for you to think through with other um, brothers and sisters that, that, that you know well. And, and even keep in, keep in mind these other, these other principles that we're talking about. So beyond obligations, uh, let's move to letter B, opportunities. And what we don't, I don't, beyond that, I don't think we really see any other commands um, on where to give. But we do see, um, yeah, descriptions of opportunities. So um, in 2 Corinthians 8, uh, Paul didn't command the Corinthians to, to give to the poor churches in Judea, but he presented compelling opportunities. And then in, in Galatians 6.10, he says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. And so if we're providing for our our families, our immediate families, and if we're giving faithfully to a faithful amount to the church, but we still have money left over, um, yeah, then what do, we, what do we do? Well, you try to figure out the best, most strategic way to spend the money so that um, they will be able to give good account for that on the last day when we stand before before Christ. And so we discussed some ideas already, you know, like, you know giving gifts and, um, yeah, buying groceries. Um, it for some, it might just mean, hey, I have left. I have more. I'm just going to decide to give more to the local church because they're doing, um, yeah, a lot of good works, and I know that they're supporting, um, yeah, uh, the supporting ministries. And certainly, as as our incomes increase, I do pray that we would be um, giving progressively to um, to the local church. And we'll look at, th- at that a little bit later on. Um, yeah, God God wants us to not only grow in hope and faith and love; He wants us to grow in our giving and excel in our giving as well. Um, yeah, for, for some people, I know, you know, they, they bought, you know, a larger, larger home so that they could have, especially in this area, they could have um, other people staying for them for, um, you know, below market rent or for free or house people that are, that are coming through. Um, 
yeah, I think that's a way that you're like, okay, we're going to use money, not just so that we can have bigger homes so that people can say, hey, look at what we've done, but that you can host part, you, again, COVID, eh, so you can host socially distant gatherings, um, or you can host somebody in your basement or, or other things like that. So there's, there's a lot of other ways that we can think of that, um, yeah, that we can, yeah, be using, using their, our money for, for, for other reasons. Yeah, questions? Go ahead. Yeah. So I wrestle with this one a little bit. I would die as an old introvert, but I've got a house that my kids have all left in the room. Yeah. And and uh, I really wrestle with like I've had people come in and stay. I've had people come in when I you know for rent and and other people when yeah. it's been less like that. And but is it okay or is this to rationalize in your head, I'm an introvert, I want to be alone at night, and then use your house generously in other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think, yeah, the Lord has given us all different, yeah, so the, the question was, um, yeah, how do we think about, um, yeah, just even the resources that, that God has given us, you know, if we think of homes, um, because God has, God has made us all differently and all unique, and so for some people, they will be okay, you know, for them, it would be sinning against their conscience if they didn't have people in their house 24-7. Um, and for other people, um, they are, they are, it's a stretch for them just to invite people in, you know, occasionally every, every now and then. I think, yeah, I think that's, I think it's, re, it's important to realize that the Lord has created us differently, but, but to be sacrificing ourselves and to con- continually be striving to give of ourselves. And so I think there's ways it. Sister, I'm even hearing you say that, yeah, I'm, I'm even stretching out beyond even some of my comfort, my own comfort zones. No. That's not really true, because no. I love having people over. No. But I also love living alone. No. No. I'm happy to talk with you more right. of that, but I think you're, I, I, yeah, encouraged by even the way you're, you're thinking about that and, and conscious of, of how are we using the things that we've given to, to even stretch ourselves a little bit more. And I think that's really, the, yeah, one of the, the main takeaways from this as well. Any other questions, comments before we move on to the how? Okay, so there's lots of good opportunities for, for our money. Um, our, our goal there, again, is our job is to determine how we can make the best use of, 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 of giving the resources, the money that, that we have for the glory of God. So let's move on to how should, should Christians give. So we're going to answer, this is the last question that we'll, that we'll look at. Um, what I want us to do is, is kind of zero in on that passage uh, that you see written down, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. And then we're going to draw a couple of, 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 of um, yeah, applications from this verse. So we're going to draw five from this verse, and then I'm going to throw one more in there at the end. Um, so 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. So that, so that there will be no collecting when I come. So there's, again, five, five biblical applications I want us to look at here. The first one is our, that our giving should be periodic or regular. So look at there what Paul says. Paul says, on the first day of every week, so when the church is gathered. So our giving, our giving should be one that follows these biblical principles of, of, of regular giving, regularly giving throughout the year, rather than trying to follow the the IRS guidelines of make sure you get your gift in before the end of the year. 
I, I fear that Christians, um, yeah, have, have all succumbed to that just because I've seen the spike that comes in December. So, um, yeah, I know it's that idea of, oh, let's, you know, and maybe, maybe there's other reasons. Maybe there's bonuses and things like that that come in. But, um, yeah, and still praise God for the, for the giving that does happen there. But I think I would not be, I don't mean to scare anyone, but I would not be surprised if sometime during our lifetime we actually see some of the IRS guidelines or some of the tax deductible um, benefits of giving to, to churches go away. I mean, if we just look at the trajectory of, of, of um, yeah, of, 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 yeah of, of what religion is thought of and what Christianity, what Christians are thought of here in the U.S., I just would not be surprised if it, someday soon, yeah, we just see some of the, yeah, yeah, the, the, the charitable donations uh, go away for giving to, giving to churches that, that faithfully follow Christ. So we need to ask ourselves, what, what, what does that do to us? Are, are we, you know, does that make us panic? Do, is that going to change what we would give? Yeah, I mean, if it changes what we give, I, I, I'd have concerns. If we're like, okay, well, I don't, get, I don't have the tax deduction anymore. I'm not going to give anymore to the, to the local church. Yeah, there's certainly come talk to me if that's the kind of where you're thinking. Or, or if that's not you, but you know of other people that might think that. Um, yeah, I would encourage you to think, think about that you know, with, with them as well. So Anyway, our giving is, in, is it's an act of faith, not just for how much we give, but, but also for when we give. So we want to be mindful. Are we giving of our first fruits up front, or are we giving of what's left over at the end? You know, it's, it's, it's far better, um, yeah, and, and more trusting, even, even when we think about our life. It is it's far better, more willing to trust the Lord um, in our lifetimes than to be almost forced to give at the end of our lives. So if we just store up all these treasures here on earth and say, okay, well, I'm just gonna make sure in my will, everything goes to the church. Okay, well, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, that, means, that means the lawyers and everyone else are following through in, in making sure your money, but it is far better, I think, just to, to see the Lord's work prosper here by giving away money. Now, recognizing that all of us are going to to die on this earth with something. Um, yeah, there was, I forget what missionary or what, what, what article was, but there was somebody that, you know, was seeking to still give as much as he, he still had the clothes on his back and, you know, some change in his pocket and things like that. But we are to be giving um, in ways that are, that are periodic and, and regular, even throughout um, not just the week, the year, but also our lifetimes as well. Number two, our giving should be personal. So we're each responsible to give as individuals. Paul says that each, each of you. So we can't assume that just because the church is giving, just because the church is generous, then that means that, that, that we are giving, that we are generous. Uh, and this is for married couples as well. This, is, this, this means each of you as well. So husbands should certainly be leading in this area and wives should be um, yeah, talking and encouraging their husbands. But don't just assume that because your spouse is writing the check or setting up the online payment that um, that each one of, that, that you are covered as well. So each one of us should be thoughtful in how we're, we're approaching this. Number three, it should be planned. So our giving should, should, there should be some deliberate thought into that. So Paul says that put something aside and store it up. So when we plan our budgets, we should be planning our giving. Again, remember that 2 Corinthians 9, 7 passage, each one, of us, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. So this is a decision that should be prayed over and thought about, not just be made, you know, at the spur of the moment on Sunday when you're like, yeah, what do I feel like? I feel like $50 or $500 or it's been a harder week, so five bucks, you know. So our giving should be planned um, rather than, yeah, there, there's, there might be some opportunities for, for being spontaneous with, with other things, but it, should, it shouldn't be thoughtless. It shouldn't be um, just careless and reckless. 
Number four, our giving should be progressive. We talked about that a little bit. It should be according to our means. So Paul says that, says to give as he may prosper. There's other translations that say actually in keeping with, with our income. So this doesn't mean that everyone's going to give the same, the same amount, um, nor does it mean that everyone's going to give the same, the same percentage even. Um, instead, giving progressively means that the more that God that prospers us, the more should we should be giving, the more should we should be open-handed with, with what he's given to us. And so you can have two, two believers, one, both that give 10%, but one that makes significantly more than the, the other person. Um, yeah, it's... You know, that, that, that person, the person that makes significantly more, really just hasn't, hasn't given progressively. Um, it's not just giving a higher amount, um, but a higher percentage as well. Um, and as we get salary um, raises and increases, uh, we pray that, yeah, that we would be, yeah, ask the Lord how we could be giving higher percentages of our income as well. I think one thing to think of when we think about generosity, I think we, we often think of it, I would say, probably incorrectly. We think, you know, we see, a, we see an amount and we say, oh, that person's been generous. Um, generosity is not really how much we give. Generosity is measured by how much we keep. So generosity is not measured by how much we're giving. Uh, it's how much we're holding back, how much we're keeping. Remember, Jesus, com- Jesus he commended the poor widow who put in, in Mark 12, he commended the poor widow who gave progressively more than all the rich people that came across. So, so when you think about generosity, I pray that you, you think about it, but it, not, not how much we're giving, because, you know, there's different people that make a lot of money. There's, there's, there's billionaires that could give 10%. And that would look really generous. But when you look at how much they, they're holding back and if they go and spend that on their own pursuits, their own passions, well, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that they've actually been generous. And that's certainly not how Jesus would, would say somebody has been generous. And then um, the fifth one, plentiful, letter E there, uh, our giving should be plentiful. So Paul concludes his instruction by saying, uh, so that there will be no collecting when I come. So our giving is, is to be generous so that leaders don't keep, have to keep asking for, for more money. And I just want to say this is one of the th- ways that I've been encouraged, as, as, especially as one of the elders that, that helps oversee the finances at, at Delray. Um, just been encouraged by the faithful giving of, of many in the church. Again, I, I, yeah, I can't say everyone, but many in the church. But then particularly when I look at the benevolence, um, yeah, the benevolence uh, fund that we have, I've just been encouraged by um, yeah how we especially during the pandemic um, when it was when it was realized hey this might be needed um, for for people that are suffering that are that, for members that are going through um, yeah hard times um, during, because of the pandemic yeah just encouraged by there was there was a there was a big big amount that was that was just given up, up front and that has just been, really been able to sustain as as people have continued to give throughout the throughout the year to that that fund. To the point where we just haven't had to ask for more money. Uh, there might be a time when we have to say, "Hey, the benevolence account's getting low," but but praise God, right now we just we haven't had to, had to do that, and we've gone through yeah a, a pandemic like unlike we've ever seen any of us have seen in our lifetime. So we yeah just it's a, it's super encouraging to me as 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 one of your pastors, and then um, the sixth one letter letter F there uh, is is pr- our giving should be private. But I'm going to give a caveat here. Jesus teaches in Matthew 6, uh, verses 3 through 4, he says, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. So this doesn't mean you have to, you have to roll, you know, roll up as like, like a ninja and, and do a ninja roll and put your, your check in the, you know, the offering box up there. Um, but what it means is that, yeah, that we aren't, you know, you don't want to be boasting. You don't want to also make it rain into the offering box either. So, 
So our giving should, be, should not be for the sake of public recognition, or we won't receive, receive the reward for, from, from the Lord. But the caveat that I want to give is, is that it, shouldn't be, it should not be something that we just aren't talking through with anyone. So our giving shouldn't be something where, you know, like, like we just said in the bank statement um, earlier, um, yeah, we should be opening just like, yeah, just like all areas of, of the Christian life should be open to other brothers and sisters, um, yeah, that, that you're close to, that you know, that you love and trust, um, talking, being able to speak into your lives. Our finances should be the same way. Our giving should be the same way. The amount that we're giving to the church should be the same way, that we're having, inviting people in to talk into those areas of our life and, and helping us think through how we are giving all aspects of, uh, of, of everything that we have. So again, Jesus rightfully is saying, hey, don't, don't go about doing it boastfully. Um, but again, on the same hand, we don't, we wanna, we, that doesn't mean that we have to give so private that we aren't, we aren't inviting people in and, and, and keeping it hidden. Any other comments or questions before I conclude with one encouragement and one, one, one warning, one encouragement? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. So I think if you, if you, and again, I won't say ten percent. Again, that's that's the idea of if some people might give ten. Yeah. Whatever. So whatever percentage that the Lord has, has laid on your heart that you've you've prayed about and thought about and rightfully come to. Um, yeah. We'd encourage, we'd encourage um, yeah, a significant portion of that to come to the um, to go to the local church. Again, that that seems to be one of the um, one of the obligations that the Lord has has put up. But then when you're like, okay, there's there's other money that we might be that, that I might be able to use. Um, some sometimes the way that yeah so I mean I'll use just an example for my will so for my wife and I so so we kind of come to this percentage and we say okay that's how we're going to give to the local church um, that's going to be the the general um, offering but as we get yeah, as we get you know a bonus or something like that or um, yeah as as we come along we just say hey there's actually more money you know expenses were lower or something like that uh, we're able to give give more for for some reason. Um, you know, then we look for other opportunities. Some of that may be, um, yeah, supported workers that we support. Um, but then there's other opportunities that you can, you, yeah, you can even outside support, you support other, yeah, gospel. I, and I, I would encourage, you know, focusing on gospel, uh, gospel-oriented work. Um, there's, yeah, there's that question of can I support other ministries that, yeah, that that nonprofit, other nonprofit entities. Yeah, certainly we. Certainly, we can as Christians. Um, I would encourage us to think through: Are, are there Christian organizations that are doing this well? Um, and certainly, we don't want to be using our money, uh, um, yeah, for, for for ways that are hostile to the to the gospel as well. So, um, yeah, that's does that help answer the question? Yeah, that does. yeah. Yes, I do. What do you do, like in planning for your children upon your death? Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, yeah, how do you how do you think about yeah helping your kids yeah before you die? Again, there's going to be. I mean, I'm happy to talk with you yeah. offline. There's going to be people that come to Christians that come to different conclusions of of saying, okay, I, yeah, and, and even even thinking of 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 yeah retirement. How much do I save up for for that? 
um, it's going to, I'd encourage you to kind of, again, talk, talk through that with, with other brothers and sisters. Um, I'm happy to talk through that with, with you as well, because there's, again, there's, there's people that could save, you know, that, that could hoard money, um, that are doing it, you know, that, that are, that are just hoarding the money, even with just a little bit that they have, they are sinful and hoarding that money, um, saying, I'm, I want to, I want to save this for, for whatever anxieties and help, you know, with calamities that are, and there's other people that are going to hoard billions of dollars. Um, that are sinning in the same in, in the same in the same way, and then there's other people that are saying, "Okay, I, I'm faithfully seeking to use set aside this money for um, yeah, so that my kids don't have to um, care for me when you know when I'm older or something like that." You know, so there's there's Christians can come to different I think different yeah conclusions on that. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, and so, yeah. So the question is: is the primary way? Yeah. So when we look back at at the obligations and the um, opportunities, um, the obligations that the Lord, that, yeah, that we, that we seem to get, that we see in Scripture, seems to be caring for our immediate family. Um, yeah, yeah, because they are worse than an unbeliever if we are not caring for our family, um, and then and then giving to, yeah, sharing with those who are preaching and teaching uh, the gospel. So giving to the local church. Um, yeah. Beyond that, there's. Yeah, I think some people. I think some people can rightfully come to the conclusion that, um, yeah, even money that I have left over, I'm still going to give that to the local church, and I think that's okay. Yeah, there's other people that are like, I have more money left over. I'm actually going to use that for crew or for some some other um, yeah some other ministry, or I'm going to actually support a um, yeah one of our partners on the side. You know, so there's yeah, I mean there's. Yeah, when we look through the, the partners that we're supporting, many of them have needs just beyond what we are giving them. Like we're we're not supporting any of our um, any of our workers 100 percent of the time. So there's, yeah. So there's one that Jill and I have decided to even support beyond whatever the church is, is helping with. And so those are those are ways we've come to. But again, the primary giving that we are when we look at our budget, when we're looking, okay, this is going to be our regular giving. This is what we feel like the Lord has laid on our hearts to give. That amount is going to the church to and and and. Typically, just to the general fund as as well, and then as as there's other money that we say, okay, there's there's other money that we have other opportunities. Then we're looking at those other opportunities. In some cases, we're giving to benevolence or something like that, um, and then in other ways, we're looking, okay, well, maybe there's some outside ways that we could be we could be giving it as well. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, one more. Go ahead. Are Christians biblically required to give? Um, yes, yes. And I'll caveat: give again. When we think of giving, it's giving everything. So our entire life should be giving. So it's not just money. So there's people that may not have a job. They may not have any income. That doesn't. Yeah. So so they actually don't have money. There's other other people that may actually be be supported by our church right now that are you know in long term care or something like that. I don't think they need to necessarily give because we are giving. We are helping them. Um, so they don't have to necessarily give money, but giving of everything is is kind of really that that idea that I want us to take away. Does that kind of answer? Yeah, I just, uh, I really like, like you would say, like, 
Yeah, so, so I think when we think about giving, giving money specifically, um, yeah, I, I think the, the Lord, Lord does command us, you know, what we see is to give to the, you know, make sure we're providing for our family and then giving to, to the local church. Um, so, so I think if, if, if people have, yeah, if, if you're not in one of those unusual situations where you, you don't have a job or, um, yeah, you're out of a job or, um, yeah, you're being supported by the church, um, then we should be looking at, 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 at areas that we're giving. And if we're not, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to that and the, the, the warning and the encouragement. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's certainly prayer that we need to, yeah, we need to confess. Why not? What, are there other ways that we are just extending ourselves so that we aren't thinking the first fruit? That we are just saying, okay, I'm thinking of giving as whatever I have left over. And, you know, I'm, with, I'm living in my life in such a way that I don't have anything left over. Um, for yeah, for to, to, to actually give, and so um, yeah, it's I would it, would it would certainly yeah encourage you to talk with another brother and sister and like yeah I'm I'm not giving to the local church um, yeah why why is that let help me you know, can you help me think through this 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 in my my you know how I'm how I'm spending my money for for yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that was your second question. Um, yeah, do we think of it as joyful giving? Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't speak for everyone. Um, I think so. I think I'm, I'm encouraged by how, um, by how, yeah, the the Lord's provided for the for the church using the the, the money that, that people have given. Um, there's certainly yeah, there's certainly times when in my own life that I'm not thinking about giving in, in a joyful manner. Um, there's other moments when I'm like, yeah, yeah, encouraged to see how the Lord would use that. And so that's certainly something I think we could be praying for our church that we would continue to be joyful in, in our giving. So, yeah. yeah, we're a little bit out of time, but let me let me conclude with with quick warning and, and encouragement. So the warning is just yeah, warning it be on guard against falling into to, to pride or shame on on this topic. So um, yeah, as we talked about God, yeah, the, if we're giving generously. Uh, regularly, praise God. We encourage you to keep doing that um, and trust the Lord all the more. But yeah, be be on guard against that pride that can come along with saying, "Yeah, I'm just giving a lot to the church. I'm the highest, you know, or I think I'm the highest giver, or you know, I can I can calculate how much you know our, our annual giving is, and I know, hey, I'm I'm you know toward the higher end of of, of giving and things like that. Um, yeah, again. Jesus, he, he warned the Pharisees in Matthew 23. He, he, you know, they, they were they were saying that they claimed that they were tithing everything down to the herbs and the mint and the dill. He's like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that without you. Sh you should not have done that uh, without neglecting the weightier things of matter, justice, mercy, faithfulness. And then the encouragement is just, yeah, I think all of us can fall short on this area. Um, yeah, none of us is, are really are, are giving everything that we have perfectly, faithfully to to the Lord. I think. Um, yeah, so we, we have to be careful not to be discouraged or shamed, not to let Satan get a foothold in this. Um, Jesus died for our sins, including the sins of how we use or don't use our money rightly. Um, and so going back to the very beginning, our, um, yeah, the overwhelming yeah, joy of, of being forgiven in Christ should, should, should help us to hold loosely to the stuff of this world and, 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 yeah, and worship the Lord in our giving. So, yeah, giving is as much an act of, of, of grace in Christ. Um, yeah, if the, so if the Lord is convicting you of some way in, in, in this area, would encourage you to grab a friend, grab somebody that you know, and, and pray pray with them about about that, and and seek to step out in obedience, even if it's just if, um, yeah, whatever the Lord is is laying on your heart to, to start giving in that area faithfully. 
Uh, let, me, let me close this in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for um, yeah, this day. Lord, we thank you, yeah, for, especially for many of us sitting here um, living in America. We recognize that uh, we are among some of the most wealthiest um, people um, and that, that have ever lived on this planet. And so, Father, we um, yeah, thank you for that. And, Lord, we humbly do ask that you would help us to use all the resources that you've entrusted to us, not just our money, but um, the time that you've given to us, um, the friends, the relationships that you've given to us, the, the things that you've given to us. Help us to use all the things that you've given to us for, for God-honoring purposes. Help us to, to glorify you in, in all the different ways that, that, that you command us to. Father, we pray that um, yeah, as, as we seek to give faithfully to this church, that you will continue to help uh, the gospel be proclaimed in this church, that we would continue to hear your word preached, that we would continue to support um, other partners that would, ex- yeah, that, would, that would proclaim your names to the end of, ends of the earth. And so, Father, we do pray that even now, that as we hear your word preached, that your name would be proclaimed and that, that lives would be changed for your glory. Lord, we know that you don't need our money, but we pray that you would help us to manage and steward it wisely for your glory. We pray in your son's name. Amen.